Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Wednesday. It is, I guess, officially back to school day here in Highlands County. And uh, I hope that your week's going well. Yesterday, not such a good day on Wall Street. Uh, we had a lot of red ink, and we'll talk about that and more when Dave joins us here in just a second. Before we do that, though, let's not forget that in this world we live in, there's a lot of things, a lot of things that you and I cannot control. But when it comes to your retirement and to your portfolio, there are a few things that you can control. One of them is how much risk do you have? The issue I see every day is people don't know how much risk they need and they don't know how much risk they currently have in their current portfolio. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design phone consultation. With that, we've got Dave coming up next. 40 now, 20 before 9. If you want to party, you just give the big money guys on Wall Street the tiniest little excuse, and they go absolutely apey. Let's figure out what I'm talking about with a little bit of help from Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services in downtown Sebring. Boy, 8.30 came and we got party time on Wall Street, don't we, Philip? We really do, Dave. It's, uh, man, the numbers came out at 8.30, and Boy, there was a huge jump in the indexes. I mean, huge. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you just don't see that every day. And so that was oh, yeah. a pleasant surprise. And, and everybody's liking what they see right now. Absolutely. My, my reaction was never having the long view Wall Street marches forward. Let's set the table and tell everybody what we're talking about. Yesterday was a minor off day on Wall Street. NASDAQ lost a full percent. It was down 150 points, but uh, Dow was off by uh, 58. The S&P was off by 18. It wasn't a disastrous day, even though it was red ink. We were looking at a little bit of recovery this morning early on, and then at 8.30, the government released the Consumer Price Index, the inflation. Now, the top of the uh, news stuff that you're going to hear every hour for the rest of the day on the radio is going to be talking about the CPI year over year. It slowed down from 9.1% uh, inflation rate down to 8.5%. They were expecting a decrease to 87 It went down to 85 Well, you and I were talking before we went on the air, Philip. I kind of said, well, that doesn't shock me much because everybody knows the price of gas has gone down quite a bit over the last few weeks. But we get to the core inflation rate. That excludes the stuff that goes up and down with the markets real rapidly and volatilely. Uh, food and energy get excluded for that. And we were expecting a 6.1% annualized core rate, and that slowed down to 5.9%, which was uh, you know better than they expected on that as well. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that makes uh, Wall Street investors, the guys that day trade with millions of dollars, makes them real happy. And they're buying like chiclets, aren't they? Uh, they really are. I mean, we saw a huge bump in the futures, uh, 830, when these numbers came out. And I mean, it was only a couple minutes after the numbers came out that we saw a big jump. Um, but we did, you know, and, and the core CPI you talk about, uh, they did expect it to increase because July it was 5.9. It stayed 5.9 mm -hmm. when everybody thought it was going to go up a little bit. So, so that was that was really good news. And even though we're, we're still at eight and a half percent, that's still let's not forget that's a high number for us when it comes to inflation. Yeah, it it still stinks, but you know. In, in days like this and in atmospheres like this, stinking less than expected is good yeah, news. So, exactly. 
And like I said, you know, looking at the core number when you get rid of fuel, I mean, you know, I expected the major one to go down the overall just on the grounds of, well, heck, gas is 40 cents a gallon less than it was. That does make a difference. But uh, when the core ends up leveling off a little bit, it gives folks an early reading, and certainly not a definitive one, but an early reading that the Federal Reserve's interest rate bumps and tightening the money supply up might be having an impact. And uh, you get a couple of months of that, and we start saying, hey, wow, this might actually work. Well, it does. And, and you know, because the opposite was, I was reading an article, the opposite was a fear, is that inflation, if it had gone up instead of the direction it went down, there was talk, actually, in some of the talking heads of actually having a mid-meeting uh, increase in interest rates. Um, now, I remember Milton Friedman doing that a few times uh, when he just unilaterally made a move on his own, even between board meetings. So it's not that uncommon either. No, it's not. And so so I'm, I'm thankful that we did see inflation start to taper off a little bit because that uh, that gave uh, the Fed the, the ability to just stay where they are until the September meeting. Which is probably you know, the best case scenario. I mean, the, the downside to monthly meetings from the Federal Reserve is that you really don't see how much good you're doing or how much damage you're doing, depending upon how you're looking at it. Uh, until a couple of months in on a cycle. Well, they always skip August as a, as a regular meeting of the Open Market Committee. So now they've got the uh, July and they've got the June interest rate bumps in. Now we get 60 days to let the cake get baked and see whether it's having any kind of an impact whatsoever. And just the time frame in which they did this is going to work out to the benefit because they'll actually have something resembling an informed decision they can make at their meeting next month after they've had 60 days to let things bake in. Well, that's right, and, and that you're you're so correct that it does take time for what they've done to take effect, and uh, and so hopefully by September we'll see maybe even another little decline that will uh, will give them some positive and 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 input, and maybe they won't raise interest rates that three quarters of a percent they're talking about. Oh, Lord, give me another just a quarter. That would make me real happy. <laughs> I don't like the volatility that happens when they bump the rates up, even though I know it's needed, just like everybody does. And that would give us the indications. And, again, you, you can't make a trend off of one month. But you can, at the very least, show a little bit of optimism that, uh, you know, maybe this is doing some good. I mean, you and I have talked about it. You know, the definition, I don't care what the politicians say, the definition, the definition is we are in a recession right now. But at the very least, it uh, does show the early signs anyway, the possibility of a soft landing, because the employment market is still strong. I got a report here, business bankruptcies are actually at their lowest rate in 22 years. So we're not putting businesses out of business so far. And uh, if, if, that's the, if that's the picture we draw of this recession, uh, I'd call it, uh, I'd, I'd even be tempted to give the Biden administration a little bit of flack saying maybe we ought to redefine the definition of recession because this soft landing could be really nice. It really could be. And it would be uh, amazing if they could actually guide us into a soft landing because uh, it, it might even be historic, Dave. 
I can't remember a time we've actually ever had that quote nub soft landing. I mean, Federal Reserve chairs and Treasury secretaries talk about it all the time, but every doggone time they use that word, the recession ends up being real painful, and uh, they almost always are in at least one major sector of the economy. Housing appears to be the most painful right now, but then again, you know, hey, value on my home went up another $4,000 last month, so it's not exactly hurting the real estate and housing industry to the point of catastrophic levels yet either. No, it's, it's really not. And if you got stuff still priced right, um, it, it's moving. And so, mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, I think right now the real estate market still seems to be faring pretty well. Yeah, it's so far, like I said, soft landing looks like it might actually be a possibility. And the for one month, and again, snapshot, got to keep repeating a data point, don't count on this being the beginning of a trend, but the early signs aren't half bad. So, and like you said, that kind of uh, gave a lot of the big money guys reason to start buying stock futures like chiclets in advance of the uh, market opening. We're uh, in the middle of earnings season, and we were kind of talking about how bad the uh, cryptocurrency market is yesterday. It creamed a couple of uh, chip makers that make high-end video cards used to mine Bitcoin. How's it doing for somebody that actually sells the stuff? Coinbase reported, I gather. They, they did. Coinbase reported they had a wider-than-expected loss for the quarter. Um, obviously, they've been impacted by the slide in cryptocurrency pricing. Um, and, and that's that's really put some some damper on them. They're, they saw their their volumes fall off as you know people just uh, aren't as active uh, trading as they were before. And so we got Coinbase um, has actually flipped, Dave. When I looked earlier, maybe maybe the maybe the uh, inflation number helped them as well because they were down about three percent earlier. Now they're up about five point five percent. Well, it's both just general good feelings overall. I mean, there that that has kind of confused me on Coinbase's side. Since cryptocurrency has lost so doggone much value, I would think somebody out there that believes in the concept would be trying to buy the dip. Yeah, and I mean, you know, everything came out, and let's just look because uh, Bitcoin's taking a nice little jump this morning too, up almost uh, three and three quarters percent, and. Ethereum's up uh, 6.6%. So it's even helping, yeah, it's even helping the the crypto markets this morning get going. Cool. (laughs) At least somebody thinks the same way I do, even if I don't have the money to blow on it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we had a couple other reports come out. Wendy's reported, um, Mm. and they had a mixed quarter. Uh, They had better than expected earnings, but uh, revenue fell short of what was expected. Um, and let's see what yeah, they're still trading down this morning. They're down about two and a quarter percent. The um, the other one that reported was um, Roblox. Now, it took me a little while to figure out what that was. My staff informed me that that's a gaming company. Um, okay. Their kids play all the time. And so uh, they they reported they had a quarterly loss that was wider than expected. Um, and and they have a and a key metric called bookings, and it it missed as well. Um, and, and so Roblox doing a little bit better is down nine point one percent. Earlier this morning, it was down fifteen percent. Well, even the even the losers are getting a little bit of traction. They, they, they really are. You know, I, I mean, I looked at them before we went on the air, and they they're definitely improving from where they were. The other one I have, I have a couple more, but Wynn Resorts. 
uh, reported mm-hmm. a smaller than expected quarterly loss. Uh, revenue was a little less than expected. Uh, and that's because of, again, the whole China deal, Macau, um, you know, being closed down because of COVID and things like that. Um, so they are trading down about a half a percent right now, which they were down about 3% earlier this morning. The uh, I have two more for you. One of them's uh, got a nice, you'll, you'll like this game, Dave. Uh, it's a company called Trade Desk. We've talked about them a couple times, but they are a digital advertising firm. Uh, they uh, they reported better than expected quarterly revenue, and uh, and their earnings were good too. And they came out with a upbeat forecast for the current quarter. Um, so would you say they hit on all cylinders uh, coming through this quarter? They are I'm gonna say probably a big winner. I don't know if you'll have them as a big winner, but up 21 percent this morning. Holy crud! Yeah, they aren't on the S and P, so I don't have that. But that that's. Good news for the folks that bought into that. You said you had one other? I do. H&R Block also had a good quarter. Um, they, uh, they, they beat on uh, earnings and revenue, helped by a strong tax season. Uh, they increased their div- dividend by 7%, and they increased or issued a new uh, $1.25 billion stock buyback program. Uh, those things are all helping H&R Block up 4.25% this morning. That one I did see. All righty. Resetting the table, the minor loss yesterday on Wall Street. All of it pretty much got erased by the news at 8.30. 45 minutes before we open, how good is the green ink so far? It's really good, Dave. We got the uh, the Dow 30 up 1.3%. The S&P 500 is up one and three quarters percent. NASDAQ 100 is up 2.4%. And the Russell 2000 is up 1.9%. Um, so I'm going to say it's all looking really rosy this morning. Looking on the commodity side, we're seeing some reversals there as well. Silver was actually trading down, but now it's flipped up seven-tenths of a percent. Uh, and gold was also down earlier, but it flipped when those numbers came out up a quarter of a percent. It's trading at $1,816 an ounce right now. Crude oil is down but not as down as much as it was earlier, Dave. It was actually the first thing this morning when I looked, it was like 88 to 89. Uh, Now Mm -hmm. it's back up to 90, uh, which is about a half a percent below where it closed last night. And kind of on the low end of the range we've been playing with lately too, so I'm happy to see that. Overseas markets as go weak, so go the other markets. Asian Rim looked at our minor losses yesterday, and they turned in minor losses as well. European markets are looking at our party, and I've seen all of them in the last five to seven minutes go positive. So they're all happy over there as well with our inflation numbers. Trying to keep tabs on what to do with a retirement fund is not something a day trader ought to be using. That's not good news. We talk about it, but you don't want to do it with your retirement fund. It takes a plan. And that takes a pro to establish that plan for you. How do I find you to get a plan going? You're so right, Dave. That's why we developed our core retirement design to help people design the retirement they always dreamed of. Uh, Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design phone consultation. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 at 95.3 FM. Alrighty, and you'll be back here again tomorrow morning with Scotty sitting in for me for a day, so I appreciate it, Philip. Be well, and I will see you on my, on uh, next week. All right, buddy, you too.
Thank you, my friend. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, it'll be just me and Scotty, which means it'll be mostly me uh, tomorrow and Friday. So I hope you'll join us then to get the market updates and uh, a little commentary here or there. Have a great day and look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Bye now.